Thanks for joining. Welcome to Audacity Presents. We've got another great show for you. Let's get started. Happy Monday, happy Monday, and welcome to Audacity Presents, where we choose to live an audacious life for Christ. We have another great show for you today. So a few months ago, one of my village keepers, you guys hear me talk about my village keepers all the time. Shout out to Nikki, who introduced me to the author, Nicole, who just released her new memoir, Conceal Her No More. So Denise, I'm going to get in my professional correspondence voice because I want to be Tamron Hall one day. So I'm okay. going to give you this professional introduction. So here we go. D. Arthur Nicole shares her journey from childhood to adulthood, living in a world where beauty and perfection are magnified. Denise has faced bullying, teasing, and feelings of never being good enough. All women can relate to this. With a strong faith, help from other women, and her own strength, she wrote this memoir to help others like herself embrace their uniqueness and realize we are all perfect in our own way. Listeners, in the famous words of Don Cornelius, put your hands together and welcome the author Nicole Denise to the show. Yay! Denise, welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm thank you so for having glad. me. I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. So here at Audacity Presents, I like to start off with what's been on my replay. I'll give you my replay. So for the last week, uh, this past week, I did an episode on the audacity of difficulty. And I had one of my listeners, shout out to Dana, that uh, sent me a song that she felt in listening to the podcast last week uh, was very touching for her. So she sent it to me. And of course, now it's on my replay. And I think it was the right time for our conversation that we're having. So it's a song by uh, Tasha Cobb called Why Not Me. And so here's mm. a couple of the words. It says, when I look in the mirror, I see a girl beautifully broken, perfectly flawed. I don't even know how I made it this far. And I'm asking myself questions like, why did I do it? Why did this happen to me? Then I said, you can get through it. You just have to believe. What I do now got to make it all count. So why not me? I'm the perfect person to go through this storm. It won't break me. It won't kill me. I'll move on. And then I'll come out even better than before. And I'll never see this place anymore because my faith is getting stronger every day. I'm removing everything that's in my way. And the fact that I survived another day makes me say, why not me? I mean, this is a beautiful wow. song. If you get a chance to listen to it, it is awesome. And I was just like, Dana, this is like perfect timing is what I'm thinking when she sent this to me uh, in preparation for our conversation today. So that's what's been on my replay. Absolutely. Great song. I can't wait to listen to it. It doesn't yes. sound familiar, but the words... Yes. Um, definitely speak, they resonate with me because I have said to myself, why me? But yes. then I've begun to say, why not me? 
you yes, know? Yes. So I can definitely relate to that. Awesome. Awesome. Great is thy mercy for me. There it is. Oh, Ooh, great. Thank oh you, Jesus. my God. I love that song. <laughs> but yes, great is thy mercy for me. Mm-hmm. Thy loving kindness towards me. Yes. Yes. yes amen. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, I am just still in awe of how the Holy Spirit works. That that every podcast that is something that resonates with me is how the Holy Spirit puts things together. Uh, so as I told you, Denise, last week on the show, I talked about the audacity of difficulty. And sometimes we have to take a bold risk and make difficult decisions or have difficult conversations. Mm. And I think leading up to your book, you may have been in that space of, do I do I put pen to paper? Do I have conversations with family and friends uh, when you were getting ready to write, to write this book? And I feel like you took a bold risk and said, here I am, I'm going to be uh, me. And, what, and that's what our theme is as we talk about your book, the audacity to be me. And I'm going to put an exclamation mark after that, the audacity to be me. That's what mm-hmm. I got uh, after reading your book. So before we get started with my million questions that I have, <laughs> I want to make sure in the beginning and the end that I let the listeners know where they can go to get your book. So I want to say you can go wherever books are sold. I did a search, a Google search on your book, and uh, it came up in Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, Better World Books, Goodread Books. So, uh, and then even on your personal website, the Arthur Nicole, they can order the book as well. So wherever books are sold, they should be able to find your book. Now that would be new to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to see that, but. Um... As far as I know, it, it's only on Amazon. It is on but, Barnes but, and Noble. I pulled it up. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. And so uh, the other two sites, I, I think Goodreads uh, points to Amazon, but it is okay. on Goodreads site and it points to Amazon. So uh, it's definitely out there, unknown to you. It is out yes. there. Yes. <laughs> this is great to know because it's one of those things where, I, I'm asking myself, now what? I feel like I've done it. You know, talked about it a little bit and yep. I put it down for a moment. And I think I'm still just taking it in and working on myself versus really promoting. Uh-huh. So, but but people are hearing about it and, you know, every now and then I'll get a, a text or email. Someone will say, hey, look what came in the mail today. Oh, like, oh great. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> And to our listeners, you can also, like, I got it from Amazon and just downloaded it on my Kindle because I didn't want to wait for it in the mail. But now Mm -hmm. I do wish I had gotten a hard copy because I highlighted so much stuff in the electronic version (laughs) as I was reading through it, (laughs) which I will say to listeners, if you do uh, download a book electronically, you do know you can highlight different things uh, as you're reading it electronically, and then you can go back and it'll just pull up all the highlighted areas uh, within the book, which was awesome. So I could kind of pull everything together. So just a little FYI. And most definitely, Denise, it will be across all of my social media after this conversation. So um, we are looking forward to what God is going to do with you and the book. You you will be surprised. We will all be surprised. Yes, we will. (laughs) I I will wait patiently. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. So 
my first question, why did you feel now was the time for you to write this book? I mean, that to me, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. Why now? Why now? For me, I think it was past time oh. for me to face my fears. Okay. I, it definitely wasn't an all of a sudden act to write the book. Okay. In fact, I knew I wanted to write my story, but I wasn't certain in what manner. I thought about, you know, doing something with fictional characters mm -hmm. or, you know, doing a children's story or simply the option of just being plain on me, which is what I decided to do. Right. I would say uh, divine intervention played a part in now being the time for me to write this book. You know, when something pulls at you with urge for you to act mm -hmm. and it's just something that you've been kind of running away from mm -hmm. or just putting off doing, eventually you kind of just run out of time and it weighs on you in a heavy manner. Right. And right. I just eventually gave in and I felt I needed and wanted to release my pain and discomfort before I worried myself to death. Okay. Then of course, had I done that, I wouldn't serve any purpose to anyone, not right. even myself. Right. That's that's awesome. I can certainly relate to that. Is is you? I like the term you use, running away from, because I mm -hmm. I feel like God calls us to do things, and sometimes we blow it off. Sometimes we feel like we're not prepared. Uh, mm -hmm. Who am I to do this? So it He does reaches a point where it is very heavy that you just find yourself sitting doing something you never thought you'd do. Right. Yes. And then, you know, you get into that. Oh, it's, in, it's now the right time. And am I doing it the right way? Am I saying the right things? And the best thing for me to do was to just be transparent. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned early, just just be bold about it. You're going right. to do it. Just just do it. Exactly. Um, using the Nike slogan. <laughs> and so I just got to that point. And, you know, one of the comments that some people have asked, you know, I didn't even know you were writing a book. Or why didn't you tell me about writing a book? And I felt that sometimes when you get that input from people who have said to me, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. it's not that, you know, they downplay it. And I could have fallen into that crack of, oh, well, now I, I feel like this isn't useful or helpful, but I really needed to do it for myself. Yeah. And, you know, although you think it's not a big deal, it was a big deal for me. Right, and it right. helped me and positioned me to make myself feel different about myself and to really see myself the way God sees me. Right, right. I think that that definitely leads into my second question. Um, you know, we we often define scars that we have in life, uh, either from a physical or emotional standpoint, but would you say that that scars come in different sizes, they come in different levels, they they can be physical or emotional, and just like you said, where to some, it may seem so simple and no big deal, but to that person walking around with that, it is. Yes, so scars usually are the results of wounds left from some type of traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Whether those experiences are emotional or physical, mm -hmm. the end result is there's a scar. Right. So I think for us, the most obvious scars are the ones that we can see, the physical ones, the mm -hmm. bumps, bruises, 
scrapes, scratches, mm -hmm. burns, cuts, things like that. Um, and then those other scars are the emotional ones, the ones that a lot of people just don't talk about. The ones that live in our hearts, they live in our minds, uh, the ones that we suffer with in silence because mm -hmm. of those fears that we have of sharing with others or the thoughts of what others may say about what we're thinking or feeling. Mm -hmm. And with all of those experiences, um, they develop into scars, which yes, I would say various sizes and levels. Right. But I tell you what, the power of scars is definitely real. You know, scars just can control our lives if we allow them to. Right, right. And I just feel like talking about it and, you know, sharing and just coming to a place of acceptance helps decrease the size and maybe even the magnitude of the level of what the scar may be. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's interesting. And I'm going to tell my listeners, I cannot wait for you guys to get this book. We're not going to tell it all on this podcast, but you got to get this book. But I, I, you talk about in the book, uh, this thing called it. And for people that do have this, these scars, especially when I'm thinking from an emotional standpoint, we always have something that um, we use to, to cover, to build up, uh, to hide uh, that scar. So like there may be a person that, that does have an emotional scar and maybe they give off this persona that they are just this this strong-willed person, whereas deep down inside they are, you know, they are just dealing with these scars. And so you talk about your it in the book and and how dependent were you on that it? Very, very dependent. I mean, to the point where it controlled the way I would allow people to see me and when they would see me, oh. you know? Yeah. Um, because I got to a point where I was hiding, hiding behind it in order to make my scar less visible. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, it felt like that it made me more powerful, more oh. worthy to the point where I thought that people would see a better version of me. Mm. But the funny thing is they only saw a different physical version, right. with no idea of the emotion that lived inside of me. That's good. That's good. Wow. My heart is beating so fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you talked about in the book back in the 70s, and I know in the um, African-American culture, we, we, have, we are a people that deal with things inside the family. It ain't no mm -hmm. sense in going outside the family telling your business. <laughs> we just deal with it you know, as it is, how, how did that impact you? And um, how, how did you deal with that uh, in, in growing up with your scars? Well, I think that for me growing up, my parents did a great job in terms of, you know, they told me just enough so that I would know the gist of what happened. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I just chose not to share with them what had happened to me in terms of the bullying that took place mm -hmm. just because I, I kind of thought that's what's supposed to happen because people that were making fun of me, they were telling the truth. The name mm -hmm. that they called, it kind of 
made sense. Like, oh, okay, well, I understand. It doesn't feel good, but I understand why you calling me that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a part of me sweeping it under the rug by not talking about it. It was part of my parents, I think, in terms of we just didn't focus on the incident that occurred. Okay. I knew what happened just enough to tell someone who asked me what happened, mm -hmm. but we didn't have those deep down conversations that would have helped me, I guess, understand um, that it doesn't affect who I am and that I can be, you know, whatever I want to be despite, right. you know, the scar. So I think that the root cause of it sometimes may have caused bottled up emotions and that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm that person that, you know, I don't like to gloss over things or make excuses for situations that, you know, clearly occur for a reason. Yeah, I like to talk about the whys and have accountability for actions. And there were some times where I would ask my parents some questions and it always sounded like, almost like they couldn't remember. <laughs> or I think it was just more of they didn't want to talk about it. Right. And there, I do talk about it in the book where as an adult, I did ask my mom and she cringed and was just like, oh, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And I just walked away and I don't think she realized that, you know, having that reaction to me also compacted with how I think people view me. Like, oh, look at her, yeah. you know? Yeah. type feeling. But um, I think to address the how the outcome of not sweeping things under the rug would have helped me, I believe it would have allowed me to uh, fully own what occurred and know that I am bigger and better than my scar. Nice. I think I would have been bolder earlier with more strength to tell others, so what I have this scar? Right. You know, right. and not right. allow their mean comments to live in my heart or my mind. I may have, you know, even been more aware of my beauty, not only on the outside, but on the inside, inside as, well. as well. Yeah. So some some might look at you and say, you know, Denise, you you've turned out fine. Look, I have read your bio a couple of times and I'm like, this is a very uh, bad professional uh, black woman that has made it, that has a beautiful family. Uh, so why even go back and dig up the past? You know, you've had, you have this great life now. Do you think that that would, that knowing the details behind the scars would have impacted where you are today? I think, like I mentioned, you know, being more bold and yeah. you know, stronger, you know, I, it's, it's funny because a lot that's another comment that people say, oh my gosh, I never knew you were going with this. You always seem so confident. You always right. seem this. And I am all of those things that they see on the outside. It's just that inside I, you know, I feel just some kind of way, you know, okay. about it. Cause I guess I just felt like I don't, didn't fit in because okay. again, as we talked about with Tasha Cobb, you know, I, why not me? You know, I'm always was asking why me and why did the scar have to be right here? Right. Like right. Of, of so many places it could have been. Right. Why right there? Um, and so I think with my parents, they, again, did a good job of um, treating me with love and they kept me involved in activities and put me in situations 
where I was amongst other kids that did not have the same type of physical scar mm-hmm. that I have. And in my mind, I just always felt like I stood out, I always felt like somebody was looking at me, staring at me, and oftentimes they were. Right. But I, I feel like um, this all played a part in my not totally giving in and breaking down when the mean kids, I keep calling them mean kids, <laughs> um, I think they just really were jealous in, mm-hmm. in my thought, you know. Um, they were just careless with their words. And and I even learned, and I talked about it in the book, it's not just kids, you know, adults right. are very careless with their words and their mm-hmm. comments and their prejudgments of people, you know, saying things that, you know, are just, that just really gets under my skin when someone attacks my character and they don't know me. Right. Um, but in the end, there are so many bullies and they're, they're bullying tactics. Um, you just have to, you know, learn to decipher between what is true and what's not true because I've just learned that there are just some ignorant people in the world. Right, right. And, you know, they don't realize that their words hurt. And even if you said it a long time ago, they still live within mm. you. I think people don't realize when they say things, they just walk away and say things not realizing the damage that they've caused right. to the person that they either said it to or said it about. Right, right. That That's good. That that things a person says, like you said, they think it's just in that moment, but the person mm-hmm. they said it about, that person can walk through life remembering mm-hmm. that comment that was made. That's good. That's good. And then so you he- find yourself trying to, you know, prove a point and and not live in what they're saying, you know, so, oh, you're ugly. You don't look good. So then you want to wear the makeup to make yourself look good. And it's like, okay, that's just their opinion of you or, you know, and it may not be a physical thing, you know, ugly. It could just be attacking your character without truly knowing your heart and who you are. Um, for instance, you know, people would say, because I have withdrawn my, drawn myself from folks sometimes, you know, you get that, oh, she thinks she's better than other people or yep. she's conceited. And it's really not the case. I just, I'm not comfortable allowing myself to be open with you, you know? Right, right. <laughs> because right. of stuff I'm dealing with that you don't even know about. That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you, you shared in the book that confidence and security are not the same thing. Can you share a little more on this? Because we think they go hand in hand, at least Mm -hmm. I do. If I'm confident, I'm secure. But if a person is confident, that doesn't always mean that they're secure. So can you give us a a little bit more info on your take on that? So my take on that is that, well, many of us often put up a facade to be confident and secure. Uh, mm-hmm. There are several instances where I have felt confident in myself in terms of my abilities and the way I present myself to others. Okay. But, you know, some of those moments of confidence, I am still lacking the security of knowing I am safe. I'm oh. secure to totally be me. Oh. You know, some people have often said to me, like I mentioned before, you know, how they always seen me as a confident person. And my response is, oh, well, I am confident. You know, ask me to do something. I am usually not afraid to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. such as speaking in public, you know, I can walk into a room full of strangers. You know, I have no problems asking for what I want or what I need. 
But there are moments when I am walking around with my chest stuck out, <laughs> but inside <laughs> yeah. I am nervous and I'm just focused on those inner thoughts of anxiety of not feeling safe. Uh, you know, so that's okay. where the flip side is, where I'm not as secure to know that despite how confident I may be or appear mm-hmm. to be, mm-hmm. my internal thoughts bring on another level of insecurities that mm-hmm. cause me to question and analyze the actions of others. And then I relate them to myself in a manner that may have me also question my level of confidence. So, okay. I mean, I think overall confidence is a mindset. And it works on the inside of oneself in terms of knowing who you are and what you can do, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily feel secure. You know, okay. those insecurities, you know, pretty much led me to write this memoir. You know, I've lived okay. a life of trying to protect myself from hurtful actions and words of um, coming from other people and ultimately realizing that, you know, hurt people will hurt others. Right. And that has nothing to do with me or how I was created or the experiences that I've, you know, gone through in life. Awesome. I I like that because now you've like put a label on how I feel sometimes. <laughs> I'm confident, <laughs> but that anxiety internally, yeah. Okay, you put a label on it for me. Thank you for that. I'm going to tell the listeners, if you and I were able to have a face-to-face conversation, I would literally be sitting at your feet with a pen and pad. I'm just going to tell you that right now. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that you're finding value in what I'm saying. Yes, very much so. I hope you are enjoying my conversation with the author, Nicole, who recently published her memoir, Conceal Her No More. Join me next week as I continue this conversation, The Audacity to Be Me. I have so many more questions to ask about how to step out of your comfort zone, what the acronym SIFT stands for, what the healing process looks like, and where she is today in this journey. You know, in Jeremiah 1.5, God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I set you apart before you were ever born to be a prophet to all the nations. If God knows all this, then why do we spend so much time trying to become something or someone we are not? God knows every freckle and every scar. Think of the time we could save each day if we would just be the person God knows. So this is my merry moment. Wake up and experience the freedom in being yourself. And remember, Christ died for you, was resurrected for you, is returning for you all because he loves you. Now, all you have to do is confess, believe, and trust in him. Y'all have a good week.